the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition, where every week we're talking about industry-specific topics and opinions and looking at things that are going on with our, in our industry. And today I'm joined by the magnificent James Comley. How are we today, James? Thank you. That's a fantastic introduction. I'm very good. Thank you. Um, I, I give all sorts. I call people fabulous and all sorts of stuff when they come on. But no, it's great to have you on board. It's, uh, it's your first time on the show, so I appreciate you joining us. We're going to be talking about a few things today, but initially we're going to talk about one of the, the hottest topics within our industry, which is intensive driving courses. So I know very little about intensive courses, and, and you are someone that knows a lot about intensive courses. So I'm going to start off with this question. What is an intensive driving course? How would you describe it? That is a really good question. I think it depends on how you look at it. Do you look at it from an instructor's point of view as um, what we see an intensive course uh, to be, or do you look at it from the pupil's point of view? Um, Because sometimes they're very different. I think as instructors, we have the view that an intensive course is doing X number of hours and having a test at the end of it. And we often feel that they're not necessarily going to reach the standard that we would expect them to be uh, at the end of that week. Um, from a pupil's point of view, they essentially see it like a one-stop shop. So they see it as somewhere they can you know, buy the product. Uh, maybe grandparents will sort of put the money together, um, parents, and they say, right, there you go. That is for you. You'll get your theory, you'll get your practical, and you'll get your license. So it, it's that one-stop approach. It, it's interesting you phrase it like that because I think it is a different perspective sometimes because I know that when I first did my my website for my driving school, tcdrive.co.uk, um, I put the prices up and I put down like you can get a block of 10 hours for this amount, a block of 20 for this. And I'll get inquiries with people reading that and assuming that meant they would do like a 10-hour yeah. intensive course. So I, I do think that's perspective because I get students now and again that will come to me and ask about it. And what will end up this describe it a lot of time is the way they describe it is they don't they're not always wanting to do like 20 hours in one week it might be that the week before their test they want to do a lesson every day but then they want to do a lesson every week leading up to it so i think it's a really interesting thing you put forward there about the different perspectives of it do you find that people not necessarily have wrong ideas but a lot of different ideas about what it entails I think you're right. I think instructors have very different ideas to what it entails. I think us as a business, we have a different idea about what it entails. And I think the customer has a different idea. Um, I mean, the one we need to focus on is what the customer is looking for. And I think there's a big change in our industry at the moment. You know, there's been, uh, you know, months and months of COVID, um, years of COVID. It's still not out of the woods yet. And people really want to get the license as quickly as they possibly can. And they perceive an intensive course as being the best way to do that. You know, whether that's correct or not is an, is an emotive thing, I guess, really. But uh, ultimately, they want to get their license as quickly as they possibly can. And, you know, this, this can be people that, uh, you know, perhaps they're, you know, working a full-time job um, or they're doing college and things like that. So they don't really have the time to commit to weekly lessons. So for them, it's actually a better product to say, I'm going to do it all in five days or seven days. And that's all I potentially need to do. Yeah. And... I kind of want to touch more on the structure of it and, and what it entails shortly, but I think something that you mentioned there is is, is one of the, the key things that I see a lot of people complaining about online, essentially, which is this idea that 
it's it's a, a quicker way to, to pass your test that, you know, you do that block course, whether it's over a matter of a month or a week, or whatever, and then the test at the end. But we've seen a lot of, from a personal point of view, I've seen a lot of people that uh, they'll book an intensive course or however you want to phrase it. With They're told there'll be a test at the end of it, and then there isn't. And there's that yeah. long waiting period. That seems to be the biggest criticism at the minute of that. How are you handling that? What are your thoughts on that? I think that's fair. I mean, we've evolved over the last year or so. We've evolved as a company um, because there has been that expectation there's going to be a test at the end of the week. And historically, that would often be the case. The goals have tried to kind of move now. Obviously, now we have to be very aware that we don't want to be taking people to test. They're going to trigger those status checks triggers that I know we may talk about talk about a little bit later. Um, but also, we need to make sure that people is adequately prepared. And with the delays and tests and things like that, it's going to take a long time for you know us to guarantee that there'll be a test at the end of the week. Um, what we tend to do at the moment is is get our pupils prepared as best we can and then we bring them back at a later date to finish off the remaining hours or give them extra tuition if they want to do it uh, and then they do the test but then when they're prepared within that week we can look for cancellations and at the moment we're doing fairly well as that at that um i i think it comes back down to in part the pupils expectations as well you know when a pupil hears the word intensive course or five-day course or seven-day course they have in their mind that they will do everything the theory and the practical all in that one week um but that's a product that nobody can really deliver now realistically because you, you know you have to obviously do your theory before you can even think about booking a practical and we all know the delays there are with these practical tests so you know maybe on all sides there's a little bit of misunderstanding about what the product can actually be so we've we've just adapted we've sort of changed and we've tried to manage our customers expectations as best we can i think the days of having a driving test at the end of an intensive course on the friday i think those days are gone and i think they need to stay gone i think that's an unrealistic expectation uh what our instructors are now doing is they're having a test readiness form that they're going to complete so when they get towards the end of the week they'll do a mock test they will fill that form in which gets emailed to the office the pupil gets a copy as well and on that will be a recommendation of how many hours they feel they need to get to test standard and we won't take them to a test until they're actually at that standard so there's been a bit of a, a shift change you know we look at intensive courses from our perspective as a way of doing the majority of the training you know if you've got somebody that's already had some lessons hopefully we'll get near test standard if there's a new driver we'll work towards getting into that standard but it's it's not a uh, a magic bullet for saying you will be at test standard at the end of the week it just simply doesn't work that way and you mentioned before about um the, the days of doing like a, a week course of a test on the friday uh sort of going now and, and you said that was an unrealistic expectation why do you think that was an unrealistic expectation the the issue you have i mean obviously you know his, historically, the pupil would say, um, I've done my theory or I can do it before the date of the course because it's very easy to get a theory test date. And when they've done that, what we would do is then book that test date for the end of that uh, that week. But that was when test dates were maybe eight, nine 
weeks or so when and there were a lot of cancellations that isn't the case anymore you know when you look at test dates that are potentially into march maybe april they want to do their courses well before that date so we're trying to sort of say okay let's get your lessons out of the way the majority of the lessons done within that week and we will then bring you back for a test date as soon as we can get one and that does allow them the flexibility then to look for cancellations because there are cancellations coming up and they're coming up fairly regularly but you know, if they haven't done the core they're driving, they're not going to be able to take advantage of that. Do you think that, and I know this isn't, you know, necessarily plausible, if you like, but do you think there's there's scope there for changing the name so that, you know, like you said, year five-day courses or intensive courses, do you think that's almost misleading at that point? And, you know, maybe almost, um, you could call it almost like a bespoke package or a bespoke course, because I use use the words flexibility quite a lot there. And... I think that that is the key word, whereas it is promoted almost, I'm not saying you specifically, but you look at the industry, it's do this in five days, or the, the word intensive you hear a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's really difficult because, again, it's down to interpretation, isn't it? You know, down to our interpretation, the customers and, and the business. Um, I mean, if you use the word intensive, for example, what does that mean? I mean, it means you do something intensely. Well, that's what these courses are. You know, it doesn't, intensely doesn't mean driving tests at the end of the week i think as long as you're open with your customers and you explain how it works and they understand what you do as a business i i don't really think there's a lot that you know we perhaps can change um because obviously when people go on to google or facebook or things like that they they type what they want you know they know they're looking for an intensive or they want to do a five-day course but it's our responsibility there as a business to sort of show how it works and you know what they can realistically achieve at the end of the week um is there mis-selling out there um there has been in the past there probably still is but i think generally the public know now that test dates are incredibly difficult to get um you know from my experience you know i look at our customers a lot of them just simply want to get their driving out of the way and then they're open to taking that cancellation test date or the earliest one we can find um it doesn't mean that every single customer is happy because obviously everybody wants to test date yesterday but we can only work within the parameters that we have that you know are dictated by the dvsa waiting list at the moment I think that you've kind of hit the nail on the head a few times there talking about that communication in the beginning. You know, if, if you get a customer comes to you today and says, I want a 20-hour package with a test at the end and I want it next week, yeah. you're saying no to them essentially. But explain why. But I would yeah. imagine that that's going to have sort of two impacts. It's, it's going to drive some customer away mm-hmm. and it's going to probably leave you in a way with almost better customers. The ones that are then like they'll listen to you, they'll listen to what you're saying, take it on board, and then adapt what they want for what for what's necessary. So have you have you found that? I mean, sometimes that's the case. I mean, we work on volume, you know, so we have a, a big volume of people that that need to come through the doors. Um, so we can't sort of be necessarily spending that amount of time with each customer going through every single possible permutation of their requirements um all of the information that we have is also on the website and if they ask those questions we tell them the truth you're not going to get your test necessarily but it will be as soon as we can possibly do it after you know you finish the core of your course um so i sorry i lost i lost track of the question there my apologies no, uh, just I'm saying how the customers have responded to what you're saying, which I think you kind of answered there. It's it's they're coming in and and uh, all your information's out there. 
So if they look, they can see it. If they ask the questions, they can find out. But I would imagine that if they came in and said, I want a 20-hour course starting next week, you're not going to say, yeah, it will have a no, test at the end. No, absolutely. You have to be uh, honest and transparent with what you're what you're doing. You know, if people ask you a direct question, you have to give them a direct answer. You know, you can't deceive them into thinking they're getting one thing and, you know, give them something completely different. Um, what I would say is that we do have a, um, a bit of a problem in the industry. And I know we touched on it at the start that the word intensive or five day, uh, it, it's, it, it sort of triggers certain things in your mind and the customer's mind. And they come in with such strong preconceptions of what they're buying. Um, it does make it very difficult because, you know, we have people say, well, on the website, it said this, I thought I was going to get this. It's like, well, where is that on the website? Who told you that? Because we didn't tell you that. Um, and of course, what they tend to do is they tend to go on 20 different websites. And by the time they get to yours, their heads all spinning of, of what, who does what and everything else. So it, it can be confusing for the customer and very difficult for us to keep it you know, clear so the customer knows exactly what they, they want. But, you know, again, if anyone buys anything online, they do have that cooling off period that they could use. You know, if they decide the product's not right for them, but we try and be as transparent as we possibly can be. Again, it's interesting because again, I, I can only speak from my experience here, but I've got students who'll come in and we'll see the the, the other learner car go past. It'll say, you know, five day. And how can you learn to drive in five days? And then you kind of, I've got to try and explain that and say, well, you could do, but it might mean that you do your five days in three months' time, then you have yeah. a test two months after that. And then I'll say, when's your test? And they'll be like, January, right, okay. So that's when you'd be taking your test with them, which you might do all your lessons in one week. So it's it's always an interesting conversation, but I'm in, intrigued as well to just to speak a little about the, the instructor's point of view. I mean, I know that you've got uh, quite a few franchises out there, or franchisees out there. Um, how have, have your guys found it coming back? Have they found... That it's just a case that the, the, there's a massive demand for lessons. They've got loads of work and everything's rosy. Have they had lots of problems of you know people coming in with unreal expectations, like we said? Or? I, I think everything is rosy in terms of, yes, there's loads of work. And we all know that. There's plenty of work out there for us at the moment. Um, the biggest issue that we found is the sheer backlog that we had. The backlog that we had is crazy. And I know it's the same with DBSA, uh, but everybody wants to be at the front of that queue. And not every VP can be at the front of the queue. We've only got so much resource. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes it means the courses have to be moved or, or cancelled in some sort of extreme cases, which is the last thing you want to do. But generally, um, I think that the, the instructors are finding that, you know, they're very busy, but there are some pupils that have very unrealistic expectations. They want their license yesterday and they feel that they should get it and that we should be able to deliver that. But we simply can't. Uh, you know, I had an instance um, a couple of days ago, I won't go into specifics, but the pupil, pupil's dad uh, booked a course did the course uh, and he decided that he wouldn't uh, go to his test because he didn't want to wear a face mask. So that got cancelled um, and then it got rebooked. The dad rebooked it, but the instructor sort of did an assessment and said, well, he's not ready. He needs to move it. And of course the dad was really upset that we'd moved his test. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but he's not safe. He's not ready to go. So there's that unrealistic expectation. The dad feels that I paid for a course. I paid for lessons. I should be able to get my son through and he should get what I feel I paid for. But of course, realistically, we have to make sure he's safe and he's at a standard that we can present to test. Do you think that it's just a case sometimes of each 
each way of learning has its own unique set of problems. You know, so the the stuff that I will encounter day to day, just doing, you know, somewhere between ten and fifteen students a week, will be different to what your guys do. We may be doing one, you know, fewer students a week. I, I think intensive courses you have the benefit as an instructor, and and I think we should really talk about some of those benefits that they can wake up in the morning and they have one pupil to focus on. So all of their energy and all of their focus is going to go onto that one pupil and that one pupil's needs. So it's it's very um, in, in, well, intensive, but it's very uh, focused on that individual pupil. So in many respects, I think you can achieve more with that individual pupil and the learning rate is, you know, I think far quicker than it would be on standard lessons, you know, because time is precious, you know, it's very focused. We don't, um, we don't waste any time. It's just getting down to business and there is an element of pushing that pupil harder than perhaps you push them on standard lessons because you're you're trying to achieve so much in a very short space of time. Personally, I think that's got a place. It has to be the right pupil. Um, but from the instructor's point of view, there's, there's no travel time. They pick one pupil up. They stay with that pupil for the entire day, maybe with a lunch break in between. And at the end of that, they go home. So they're cutting down massively on their travel. And the money they earn is guaranteed every week so they know at the end of that week they're going to get paid for the 30 hours or 35 hours or whatever it is the course uh, whatever the person's bought for the course so there's a lot of um you know kind of guarantees for the the instructor now they feel very comfortable working within that business um now I think that's a bonus because, you know, with instructors, usually you can end up with cancellations and the students mess you about. That's not going to happen with intensive courses. Your diary is going to be full every week to maximum capacity. And it can be like that for six or eight weeks in advance or as long as you want to go in advance. Now, I think that's got some place. I think that's got some benefit and some instructors, um, you know, attracted to that. And from my perspective, the instructors we work with, they're not obligated to take those courses. So if they decide they want to kind of drop out and go off and do something else for a couple of months, they can do that and come back and that those courses are still there for them. I think that, again, you've, you've made a really valid point in that I think it's horses for courses, you know, for me personally, and this is just me, this isn't a criticism of anyone, but I, I couldn't imagine anything worse than working with like two or three people in a week. So I like those mixture of students every day. I would, I get bored every now and again. And this is what kind of what you were saying about with, with students about what's right for them. So I had a student recently who, who they wanted to do a five hour motorway lesson. It was about 45 minutes to motorway from where they lived. So, you know, three and a half hours on motorway. They'd had this idea what they wanted to do, and, you know, services they wanted to go to. And they knew where they wanted to go essentially because where they were going to be traveling. And I'm like, yeah, cool, let's do it. And I did it and you know, don't overly enjoy that long of a lesson. Yes, we had some breaks at the services and stuff, but it's not what I like, but I'm happy to do it for them. But I think the key thing, like you said, that's what that student wanted. Most yeah. students don't want five-hour lessons. Most of mine don't. Most of them want two hours. Some want an hour or whatever, but it were nice for me doing that as a bit of variety, but that's what I need. I need that, that mix of that variety. And that's absolutely fine. But some instructors want that stability yeah. and want to just work with that one person and see a 
massive improvement by the end of the, the week. Um, so I think it is very much down to the individual. The only thing I would say is it does have to be the right instructor for the reasons you've just mentioned. They have to be a, an instructor that wants to do that kind of thing. And for the pupil, it's very important that we consider the age of the pupil and we consider the ability of that pupil to take on that amount of information in such a short space of time. And it does vary massively between pupil to pupil. And we find with the intensive courses, age is being one of the biggest considerations you know you can you can kind of get away with it with the younger sort of generation of you know 17 to 20 21 22 they're going to be fine you know they're doing a 30-hour course and probably getting a test stand at the end of the week anything beyond that and it can go the other way um as you know as an instructor yourself you know you're not going to be able to achieve miracles with somebody that's 40 years old in 30 hours it's just not going to happen however you do it um and and factors like you know how busy their life is you know if they're taking time off or do they have you know kids to go home to at the end of the day and they're going to be up till midnight and, and things like that so it's it's working out have you got the right instructor and importantly have you got the right pupil that is going to be able to do that course and trying to sort of marry the two together really uh yeah and i again i fully agree with that i think that like i said it comes down to the individual because you know i've got some that I, most of my lessons are two hours that's what I suggest we start with. And most of the guys seem to enjoy two hours. There's some that want a bit more, some that want a bit less. But I've got some that can't do more than an hour. You can see after 45 minutes then they're starting to win. And I thought it was interesting what you were saying there about having to manage sort of those expectations, if you like. How do you assess that on an intensive course? This is genuinely something I'm intrigued by because if, you know, I'm just using the example of someone's bought 30 hours over the week, which I'm guessing might be six hours a day. So... By day one, you you suddenly realise this person can't do this. <laughs> how how do you manage that? That to me, I would hear that conversation. When you used to have tests at the end of the week, that's the moment that you know instructors usually give me a call, and then somebody has to have that awkward conversation um, and say that you know the way it's going at the moment, we're not going to reach the standards required. Therefore, this is what we recommend. How do you feel about that? Um, most people take that fairly well. These days, the pressure's off a little bit because you don't have that test necessarily at the end of the week. So it does mean that you can achieve as much as you possibly can and there's still mop-up time that you can use rather than having that one-hit wonder on the Friday. I think that is something you want to stay away from now. Um, I think it's, it's a case of obviously as an instructor, you, know, you can only work with what you've got in the car. You know, you can only do so much. And that there's so many other factors. You know, there's the area that you're teaching them in, uh, you know, the, the how tired the pupil is, um, how tired the instructor is, you know, how up for it you both are through that week, what type of pupil you've got, you know, how engaging is that pupil. So there's so many different factors. And as you go through, you know, if you if you get to sort of day three and you think this person, we're not even on manoeuvres now we're still around the nursery routes then in all honesty yes you do have a bit of a problem but I think then that's the time you've got to have a chat with the pupil and sort of lower the expectations a little bit in the same way you do it with people who was doing normal weekly lessons it's not that they are a bad pupil it's just this is taking us just that little bit longer and we need to spend a little bit more time focused on those those training needs so I think it, it's about quality of the instructor and quality of the communication from the office and from from the instructor themselves but there's you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying to somebody 
you know, you're you're not ready. We just need to just slow this down and revisit those things. But there isn't the pressure to say at the end of the week that person is test standard. That is not an expectation I would put on any instructor. And I certainly would never say to an instructor, take somebody to test if they feel they're not safe uh, and they're not ready. Yeah. Do you think that the sort of the, the intensive side of the industry is almost in a better position now, as long as you're doing what you're talking about. So being upfront with a, uh, an honest with the students, because you've got that little bit of a cushion, if, if you like, do you think you're in a better position now? Yes. <laughs> I can answer that very easily. Yes, I do. I think there's a few more changes that we need to make as a, as a business ourselves um, to make sure that everything is a little bit more transparent and the pupil knows exactly what they're doing. The, Yes, I do think they're in a lot better place, but there's also a greater demand now for intensive courses. And I think instructors that tend to do two-hour lessons a week may find that there's a product change. You know, the product that you're doing. I mean, if you go if you go all the way back to the beginning of the time, we all used to do hour lessons. And then from what I understand, BSM started doing two-hour lessons and look at where we are now. A two-hour lesson is the norm. We may find that we start moving towards more intensive course orientated culture if that happens we need to all then move with it it's intensive courses per se they're not necessarily a bad thing it's just a different product you know and it's another thing that we can deliver if it's right for that customer so i think we kind of need to just think actually this doesn't have to be a bad product it can be a good product because if somebody's really busy and they've only got a week off in the entire year then this is the best product for them to learn to drive there isn't anything else they can do. This is the one that they need to do. If they've got two weeks from their summer before they go back to uni, this is a great product for them. So, it, you know, in the same way that um, I'm, I'm speaking to you today, I'm using my Apple Mac. I've always been by the cheapest laptop person ever. Uh, and, and after somebody spilled coffee on it, which wasn't me, by the way, I thought, you know what, I'm going to get an Apple Mac because I need something that's a bit more reliable and robust. I wish I'd done it years ago. It's the right product for me. So that's essentially what we're kind of doing with our customers. We're trying to give them the product that they need. It's Again, I, I want to touch on that that one point that we both keep mentioning, which is it, it needs to be right for the person. You know, the, the whole thing over the last few years has been about client-centered learning. And I know that's not necessarily what this is, but you look at it on a lesson, it's about what does a client want to learn, you know, and, and making them the priority rather than, than us. And I think that's starting to go that way with lessons as well. Like I say with me, it's... I ask them how long they want. I, I don't insist, but I always highly recommend we do two hours to begin for that first lesson, mainly because that works best for me. You know, I'm not going to, I don't lie to them about that. And then if they're happy doing two hours, they continue. Some people like to do a bit more. I've got one student that likes two and a half hours. I don't know why. She just finds that works for her. Yeah. And it gets me an extra half hour, you know, with that student who I like teaching. Um, and like for me, I'm one of those odd people that enjoys working weekends. Today is my, my day off. I don't work on it. I don't do a lesson on a Friday. Um, and there's sort of personal reasons for that as well. But like, I love working a Sunday. absolutely love Sunday mornings because the roads are quiet. I do too. I love Sundays. Yeah. It's you, all week. Roads are busy. You go out. I, I used to do an half eight start on a Sunday morning for lessons. And it's a brilliant, it's my favourite lesson of the week. But I know that a lot, maybe even most instructors, don't want to work weekends. I, I Sunday's my blocked off day where I do at least two lessons, at least four hours on a Sunday every week. But I think that's the key thing. It's what's right for the person. But what what I would like to ask, because we definitely spoke about the positives there, but 
there's a lot of, and we mentioned this before, and there's a lot of negativity online about intensive courses. And I think a lot of it comes from, you know, we all receive those messages. Can you take someone to test 10 hours before and, you know, whatever. But why do you think there's so much negativity? Why do you think that so many instructors are just okay. belittling it? Let's take those messages. Um, I think it was Duncan Valentine who said something similar about this, that, uh, you know, when those messages come out, why are we offended by them? You know, why are we offended? They're basically saying to you, I've got some work for you. If you're not busy, here's some work. Do you want it? This is what you'll get paid. This is what you need to do. I personally don't find that offensive. If I don't want it, I just delete the SMS and I move on. Um, so I, I think there's a bit of anger somewhere there with instructors. Maybe they feel a little bit threatened with their business. That, you know, behind it, there's a fear that maybe the industry is moving in a certain direction and it's not a direction that they're moving in, perhaps. I don't know. They, but they're offended for some reason. And I think there's a lot of blame that they attach to the, you know, the courses not being on par and things like that. But a lot of that is very is baseless. You know, we have the same instructors that we use for intensive courses, the ones that we use for weekly lessons. So you're getting the same standard tuition all the way through. So I, I think there's a cultural thing in the same way that, you know, I said we went from hour lessons to two hour lessons. There's a cultural change that's going on. And I think there's a lot of people that are struggling to move with it. And there's a little bit of resistance, really, in the same way that I, re I resist electric cars. <laughs> it, but it's happening, isn't it? You know, in a few years time, I know we're digressing, but in a few years time, we'll all be going to auto and we will be going to electric. That is the way it is going to go. Um we can resist it all we like, but we can't change the inevitable shift. Yeah, I think that's right. I think I hadn't looked at it that way, but it's the idea of change. You know, like you said, the change from one hour to two, the change to client set, learn and the change to electric. Yeah. And I think there's probably some of that with these messages. It's the idea of change. A oh, crap, you know, this is a 10 hour block rather than a two hour lesson or whatever. But I, I'm with you on that. I must admit, I, I get these messages probably as much as anyone else. I just don't reply. And it's like, yeah. if, a, if a student messaged me and said, are you available for lessons? I'm not going to complain. So why would I complain if someone says, I have a student available for lessons? I don't get it. I think the only thing that I can kind of agree with is, is when they, are, they, they offer you a price. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but I can understand why some people might take umbrage at that because it's a bit like, you don't dictate my prices. I dictate, you know, I can understand that to a degree. Yeah. Do you know, many years ago, um, I when I was a retail manager, I went to, well, it was before that, a deputy manager. And I went to the area manager and I said, I want a pay rise. And he was really brutal. And he said that you have to prove your value. You know, your value at the moment is the same as that filing cabinet to me. I was like, wow, that's brutal. <laughs> but he was right because he didn't value me in the same way that I valued myself. Now, if they place that value on you and say, well, I'll, you know, you can do this for £26 an hour, you can either accept that that's the value they're placing on your services, or you can say, well, actually, no, I'm not going to do it for that. So you either then open up a negotiation or, again, you just delete the message. But that is the value that they're placing on that course and on that course that's being done by ex-instructor yeah i must admit i this is me being completely honest and i've said this before that, that i'm not a fan of intensive courses because of the way i work yeah. that doesn't mean there's no place for them that means that i don't want to do them but one thing that that does bother me when i see it online is 
I see other instructors, and not just instructors, but sort of the Joe public, saying that, complaining that this company is taking money. So, for example, you say, Terry, I'll give you £25 an hour to go and teach this guy. So for 10 hours, that'd be 250 quid, but the customer pays you 450 You know, I'm making numbers up there. Yeah. I ain't got a problem with you taking that money. That's nothing to do with me. That's that's your facilitating that in that situation. Yeah. That's you doing that. I don't get why people have this, this problem about paying someone else, paying for them. And, and yes, the, you take that money, and yes, that, price for me of 25 pound an hour might not be right and i might like you said come back to you and say no make it fair that's that's not the point it's this thing that people seem to have a problem that 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 you or whoever is doing it has the audacity <laughs> to to take some money i, I, I can't get my head around that I, I think i think this is one thing i see in this industry and it, it doesn't happen in you know many other sectors it seems to almost be a dirty word to say that my business makes a profit beyond the hourly rate that driving instructors get paid. You know, and, and I, I don't know why that is. You know, I, I really don't. Maybe it is, again, back down to those instructors feeling threatened by bigger companies sort of mopping things up. It, it may be just, you know, that's the way that they they feel. You know, there was some historical feelings there. But ultimately, I don't really worry about that. As a business, we're allowed to make a profit. That's why we're in business. I didn't set up a business to make no money. <laughs> that's, that would be silly, wouldn't it? Uh, in the same way that these instructors go, uh, go to work every day and they make a profit from those pupils. It doesn't cost £32 an hour to for you to get in the car and use a bit of petrol and, and pay your overheads. But you've got bills to pay. You know, you've got profit to make. So that's why we charge what we charge. And most of these people that are complaining about that have probably put their prices up this year. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's how you look at it, isn't it? But, you know, I've, I've got a can of Coke here, and I'm pretty sure that can of Coke didn't cost what I paid for it. <laughs> no. Um we're going to take a pause there to set the table and, and introduce the show properly, uh, but I definitely want to continue with this bit of the conversation after this. This is one I enjoy. I like getting my teeth into this one. Um, but yeah, you're listening to the Instructor Podcast, a green room edition where every week we're talking about industry-specific topics, especially ones that may have made the news this week, and I'm joined by James Comley. So you need to go and check out the instructorpodcast.com now, and I'm going to ask you to do two things. Firstly, head over to the new page of put which says feedback, and there's four polls on there and a comment section and what i'd like you to do is go and answer those four polls it'll help me shape up season three because uh yeah unfortunately we are starting to wrap up season two now so there'll be a short break um i'm not going to tell you quite how long it's going to go on for but there's going to be a short break coming up soon but the way you answer those polls is going to help me shape season three so make sure you're going to have an impact there the second thing is i want you to head over to the instructor podcast premium now again instructorpodcast.com just go to the tab click on premium you'll see all the awesome content we've got over there including the second half of this show now if you're on the instructor podcast premium you'll get the whole show of this and you'll get it early and ad free not that there's any ads in this one, but I like saying it. Uh, you'll also get a whole host of other content, including stuff like Tez Talks, where I've got people coming in to do some awesome presentations. I've got coaching conversations with people. I've got standards check checklists. Um, and I've even got a new one coming out, which is where we get specific and do a deep, around, deep dive around one specific point and one that's going out as we record this today, Alternative Roots, which is a, one of mine, just me, giving you different ways that you can grow your business, different ideas you can take 
to your driving school. So go check that out. Um, but I'm now going to throw over to James Conley to tell us a little bit about himself, what he does, and um, what James has got to promote. Thank you. Uh, okay, so give you a little bit of a background, really. Um, obviously, I've been a driving instructor myself for... I was thinking about this this morning. It's 17, 18 years. You know, time flies. I forget how long it's been. Obviously, on ADI Chatter, uh, the, the standards check group we also run, we also run PDI Chatter as well. So I spend quite a lot of my time on Facebook. Beyond that, I've got three companies I'm primarily sort of involved with, which is My Five Day, the InstructorCollege.uk, and uh, Drive to Us Driving School as well. So there's three sort of elements to our business. And I tend to really sort of spend most of my time these days speaking to people like yourself, spending time on Facebook and generally working within the sort of administration of those businesses. Uh, yeah, so I will put links to those in the show notes. You'll also find it in uh, the, the profile there for James when it goes on the website over the next few days. Um, again, instructorpodcast.com. Um, but just to clarify, ADI Chatter, that's a Facebook group. That's where you can find you easy enough. I'm going to ask you one question on that. Um, in fact, no, screw it, we're wrapping this up. I'll ask you after the break. So if you listen on the normal feed now, um, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. But if you are just listening on feed, go check out the Instructor Podcast Premium. And remember, stay safe, drive safer. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts, and game changers about what drives them.